Uh, that's big stuff, right? It really is big and it's exciting. So we don't want, don't ignore those announcements. They're really a big deal. Uh, you know, we're still doing this. I'm not going to show you the video today that I've been showing of the lambs. Uh, that was actually becoming more important than anything I had to say. So I decided to cut it, <laughs> right? Because I don't want you guys to care more about those lambs. But uh, that's not true. I think there, it's a great video. You can watch it. And, uh, but you know, this is a time in the service when you get to disconnect and disengage, right? And you get to just watch me do something. Uh, no, nah, not today. Nah. Sorry. If you're like looking for to take a nap and relax, if you just want to disappear, you might want to get up and slip out the back so while you still can. Uh, no, today let's engage. Because I'm doing something today and we're, talking, we're still talking about this parable. And about our, our, our Savior, our Lord, uh, He's worthy of it all, right? I mean, uh, they already asked for your uh, wallet this morning, they, right? They, they asked for your giving, they asked for your sacrificing to go out and pray for the sick. Now I'm, I'm going to ask you for the deed to your house. So, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Believe me, I don't want to take care of another house. I've got one, that's all I want. Um, but I do have something to ask you today. I'm going to ask you to, to uh, allow the Holy Spirit to touch you. And we're going to talk about some things today that are so opposite and anti anything we hear as a, on a consistent basis that it's really difficult. You know, uh, it, when you live in a culture, it's like, why do you guys, most of you speak English, right? I speak English with a southern accent because that's all I've ever heard. And yeah, some of us speak English with a northern accent or an English accent. And Valerie's not here today. We are resident English accent girl. But uh, you know, that's true. And I think our minds, we get convinced of things and we hear them so often and so much that it's really hard to shift. So today I want to shift. Because this parable, Jesus told these three parables in Luke 15, and uh, y'all know we've been here for a while. Uh, it's just these three parables let us know something. Today I want to take a step back and probably just look at one thing here because we are going to have some, uh, we're going to experience what we're talking about, okay? And it's a big deal. So in this parable, you guys know it, I've read it several times, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and he goes home. And then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I've, lost, I've found my lost sheep. It's like what we do with birthday parties and graduations and weddings. We tell our friends and our neighbors, the people that we are, care about us, come and have a party with me. I mean, Kelly's wanting us all to have a party because Mike's here, but I mean, I've known Mike forever. It's like, I'm like, it's not a, <laughs> it's not that special. I mean, I've not seen him. No, I'm kidding. It is nice. I like seeing him. But you know, we do that. When you're experiencing something, we do it. And so he says, he said, I found my sheep. I lost one. Have a party. This, this is bringing me joy. And I tell you in the same way, Jesus said this. In the same way, you know, I speak and preachers sometimes speak and they exaggerate things, right? Or they take things down to fit whatever it is we're trying to teach. Jesus ain't like that. 
When he says something, it's absolute truth. And so he tells you, he says, listen, I'm telling you that the same way as this, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. So the big question is this. We're all trying to please the Lord. If you've decided to follow Him, you're trying to please Him. That's, we all are. Even people who don't know Jesus are trying to please Him because they don't want to get smitten or smitten or smited. Right? Y'all know how everybody talks about everything's getting worse and worse and God's going to come down and America. Well, who wants that to happen to them? I mean, I don't want to get smited, smote, whatever that is. Do you? I don't want the, the flaming, angry breath from Jesus' nostrils to melt me into nothing and oblivion forever and ever. I don't want that. We want to please Him. We all do. Now, the, and if that's true, there's something innate inside of humanity. Even people who don't know Jesus that are worshiping idols and, and plethora of gods, they're trying to please those gods because they don't want to get hit. You know? And they want to have a good crop. They want their children to be healthy. It's like this thing inside of humanity wants to please God. Well, don't you think it would behoove you, be, behoove, be, betrothed or something? Don't you think it would be really wise to know what pleases Him? If it's in us, it's in humanity, it's in all of us. Well, you know, <clears throat> if you want to know what pleases me, you might ask me, right? You know, uh, I told you all last week when Missy Baker did that to me. She wanted to give me a Christmas gift, and uh, I'm really not a gifts, love language person, and she keeps trying to figure out and tell, talk to me about what, she, what I want, and I'm like, nothing, I don't want anything. I'm uh, sort of hard, but then she found out what I wanted, and she had a dream, is it a dream or a vision, Missy, I don't remember, a vision, yeah, and uh, the Lord showed her a, a greenhouse, and in this greenhouse were all the, it's like a big greenhouse, like as big as this room. And it was just a perfect environment. And the plants were just amazing. And the flowers, and it's all full. And I'm in the greenhouse. Well, I thought that was sort of cool because I do like outdoors, but that's not really that. <laughs> I was like, thanks, Missy. That didn't really bless me, but I'm glad. And she said, but then she said, I noticed there were cocoons, the way I understand it. There were cocoons, cocoons everywhere. And, and all of a sudden, I'm standing in this greenhouse, and butterflies started coming out of the cocoons. And when she said that, I was like, that's what I live for. You see, give me what I want if you want to please me. It's, it, it, it just overwhelmed me with love and gratitude and appreciation when she told me that. Well, what does Jesus want? What makes God happy? pretty big question I want to answer that question and I'm doing I'm just going to answer it with the words of Christ you know his is you don't you don't live off of bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord you want to be happy line up with him you want him to be happy line up with him don't give him a new uh, I told her she could buy me a brand new four-wheeler and that'd be okay too but other than that uh, I like the vision with the butterflies you see, God knows. What did he say? 
We've read this thing over and over again. If you stand back and look at all three of these parables in Luke 15, there's one thing that makes God happy. And Jesus said it here. Over one sinner who repents. You know what makes God happy? Repentance. It's the only way to come to the Lord. Now, this is where, and you can do, I encourage you. If you have... If the Holy Spirit doesn't bear witness with you, I would encourage you to spend a lot of time praying about this and go study it. And I actually uh, looked it up on artificial intelligence just to see if they, if they had a clue. They actually got it right. That word, repentance. Okay? So we've been talking about this, but I want us to focus on it. How many, how many humans need to repent? All of us. All of us. There's no coming to the Lord without it. And uh, don't, don't get me wrong. I can't repent unless he really reveals it to me. We, it's all him. And we're going to go there. But it's all Jesus. But here, so repentance is a big deal. Here's the word, and it's metanoia is the Greek word. Tran, you, you know, Greek, that was, the New Testament was written in Greek. And uh, we translated that into English, which is wonderful. It's the most amazing gift, I think, that God has ever given us. Is we, it's out of Greek, and he, they translated it. But here's what metanoia means. It means to think differently. Now, think about what the word repent means to you and me in our culture. When you hear the word repent, what do you think of? Now, the English word repent, that, that came from the 12th century A.D., right? And it was during the time when there was a certain group that was rising up in the body of Christ. And this group uh, had their, a, a, a leaning, a bent, you know. I'm not going to say what group it is because I actually respect them a lot. But I want to tell you, this word is a mistranslated word. And it may be the most confusing, damaging word in all of Christendom. So the English word repent means to do penance. And if you study history, even if you watch movies about the, the Middle Ages, you'll see that they had this church system set up where really rich people and powerful people could do anything they want to and they could buy, 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 buy forgiveness. You could buy it. Literally buy it. They had a slot in their churches where you could put the money, and if you put money there, you would not get punished for what you did. And they call that penance. And penance literally means to uh, have deep remorse and to plead and punish yourself to appease God. Repentance. That's how we think of repentance. But the Greek word means to think differently. It literally means this, to have a revelation that our mind lines up with him. You know, um, you guys know this is true. So we get this idea when we think repent, we, th we get this idea that we plead with God and we punish ourselves to appease him. That's not what that... Now, why is this word so important? Because repentance is what brings joy to our Father. If you want to please God, repent. Now, uh, so you can look that word up, but we know this is true. 
I think we all agree with this. Do you know that it's impossible for us to appease God? To redeem ourselves? Like, it's impossible. Jesus came. We can't do that. There's nothing you can do to make God more pleased with you than He is right now. To make Him love you more. There's nothing you or I can do to reestablish our relationship with God that His Son already did. So it really puts us in a pickle. So when we look at that word, I think that happens. And here's, where, here's what Jesus is talking about. There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. Yeah, that's what you're thinking and my thinking. Me trying to figure out how to get right with God, how to please Him, ends in death. That's what my way does. God has another way. Do not conform, Romans 12, 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see, Paul understood it because he grew up as the very the leading Jewish scholar, you know, practitioner of his day, and he understood, listen, nothing I do pleases God, but as my mind is transformed, I do. So what happens is God transforms our minds. We have to think differently. And there's two things I think that we're going to have to look at that we have to think differently because it's really true. That's, I wrote this down. So Jesus said that. It's an epiphany. Repentance is revelation given by the Holy Spirit to us. And we choose to believe it or not. Because it's by faith. So there are a few things that God reveals in this parable that we need to believe by faith in order to experience the kingdom of God. You see, remember what, what Jesus said, unless you become like one of these small children, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. You see, God's kingdom is existing. It's here. But will you and I experience it? And what has to happen to bring us into that place? Well, we have to become like a small child. What do small children do? They trust. They believe. They have faith in mom and dad. They have faith. They trust you. You see, you know what's going to please God? You know what pleases God? is when we trust Him. It's when we trust Him. Yeah, but I've got to do something. No, that's repentance based on this bad definition that you have to do something to please Him. What He asks you to do is trust Him. Trust Him. On Christ the solid rock I stand. Trust Him. We just sang those songs about trusting Him. Who do you trust in the storm? Who do you trust for your life? Who do you trust for your past? Who do you trust for your past? Who do you trust for what, what you did yesterday or thought yesterday? Who do you trust for your bills next week? Who do you trust to get you out of this pit that you've dug yourself in? Well, I can get myself out. That's not repentance. So it's renewing your mind. That's what it happens. That's what we're talking about. So, 
Who needs to repent? Yeah, it's sort of funny. Uh, those of you that are new parents, uh, they have three children now. <laughs> and it's, what do you do if all three of them at the same time <laughs> need, need assistance? I don't know. It's like being a pastor. <laughs> kidding. I'm just kidding, y'all. Just kidding. Just kidding. Y'all are very non-needy people. So who needs to repent? In this room right now, is there anybody, I know Gary does, is there anybody else that, is there any, okay, this will be easier. Is there any one of us in this room that don't need to repent? Boy, don't raise your hand. Because you ain't as smart as him. You can't see the future or the past, and you're not all-knowing, and you're not all-powerful. Listen, God has this great plan, and it's called abiding in him. Trusting him. Do you mean that's all I've got to do? I don't know. He's the one who said this is what makes me happy. Y'all try to do something to make me happy that doesn't make me happy. I won't be happy. God, let's do what he says makes him happy. Some of us need to give up our own effort and our own way. Right? That's the only way to meet him. Is you, you finally say, God, I'm going to quit trying to do it myself and I'm going to lean on you and at that moment he becomes your anchor in the storm he becomes the light in the darkness he becomes everything and it just depends on you letting go and letting him that's what makes him happy well I thought he wanted me to be be better that's the opposite of what makes him happy that's how the Jewish people live by the law that didn't make him happy. So who needs to repent? Guess what? Me and you. Every one of us, right? This righteousness in Romans 3, and 23, it's a great verse. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. It's our minds. It's our minds. There's no difference between Jew and Gentile. You see, it's an even playing field for all of us. There's no difference. It's not a hierarchy. There's not less than or greater than. It all depends upon one thing, and that's him and our relationship with him. Now, now I love this. So we all are, we all are like sheep who have gone astray, right? We each turn to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. You see, I think we've got one of the things we've got to repent is we have to change our understanding. We have to agree with him, and you can't do it unless he gives you revelation. Like, I can't, you can't, I can't, no one can write a manual how to live a happy life. Because only him is from him. And so, you know, the first thing we have to do, you have to change your mind about you. Every time God gives you revelation about who you are, you have to choose to believe it. You have to choose to believe it. Because we all live by faith, not by sight. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's all about believing. And so it's funny, when I look at this, uh, Jesus said that. He said, you dirty, rotten, scoundrel sheep. No, he said, you sheep that have gone astray. You know what that means? The shepherd's over there, and I'm heading that way. That's how simple it is. 
And we've, we've believed all this crazy stuff, which takes away the reality of the, you know, what's the opposite of agreeing with him? What's the opposite? It's thinking your own way. That's not coming out real easy, but it'll come out better. It gets better. I'm going to keep doing this. Y'all are so patient. It's really, y'all really are. I'm going to keep doing this until I get it. We may be here a while. Kelly and David can tell you one time I preached on the book of 1 John for two or three years. I think it was three years. So y'all are so, such patient people. I'm prophesying over you. You're not, but you need to agree with what the Lord sees you. The Lord sees you as patient, kind, giving, wonderful people. That's how he sees you. <laughs> it is. So I see you that way. So. Um, i got to decide where I'm going to go. Repentance means to think differently. It's, I've told you guys, y'all have experienced this. I, I told Pastor Tim and Pastor Harvey, I was like, you know, I would love to have tes- uh, some testimonies about this in our lives today, but we're so messed up in how we define repentance that we would all give a testimony based off of the English definition of the word instead of Jesus' definition of the word. It's just because that's where we are. Like, have you, ever, have you ever been in a place in your life where you felt like you were just not good enough? Where you felt you were dirty? Where you felt that you weren't any good? You were stupid? Have you ever been there where you thought there was no way out? I can never get out of this. You see, you know, it's interesting. I've been there over and over again in different areas. And every time the Lord comes to me in that place, He brings me to a place of repentance. I believed I was stupid and he, he came and told me I wasn't. And then that's gone forever. I repented. What do you mean you repented? Well, I had an aha moment that came from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who stood up and said, listen, this has been a mountain standing in your way your whole life. If you listen to me, as you encounter me, I'm going to remove that mountain from you. So whether it doesn't matter what it is, there's no mountain too tall. There's no valley too wide. There's no ocean too deep that can separate you from the love of God. And the love of God says who you really are. And are you going to repent and believe it? Or are you going to continue to judge yourself and live in the, in the mire? No, let's live for Him. So you see, that's why this is so challenging. You know what happens. I want to do this. There is a way that seems right to a man. There is. And it comes straight from the devil. You're bad. You're ugly. You're no good. You're no hope. This is never going to change. Give up. You failed a thousand times. Quit. Protect yourself. Right? All those things come in. And that's what the enemy is saying to us. And the whole time Jesus is saying, trust me. I'm the good shepherd. Follow me. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Well, no, that's really what the Bible should have said was, get your act together, do everything right, and make amends for all the things in the past, and then grovel and beg and and give me your house deed and your car note and everything else, and then I'll give you rest. 
That's the way we read it. It's not what he said. So guys, we have a lot of repentance to do because we've been, we've been raised to live in this crazy world that isn't true. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Do you believe? What's God saying to you? So the first thing we need to believe, and I've gone over this a bunch, and I'm not going to do it a bunch now, but first thing we need to believe before you can repent, you've got to know you're lost. Yeah. <laughs> you, and, you know, I... And I would define, I'd define that as lost, as what, what Isaiah said. Isaiah said, listen, we're all like sheep. We've gone astray. Yeah. That's lost. That's what that means. It's funny. Uh, all over the Bible, it says the same thing. Well, you know, we have to say we're lost. We all were lost sheep wandering around the wilderness trying to make our own way. It didn't matter if, if you were doing that in business or you're doing that in the gutter or you're doing that in prison or you're doing that in, in the education system. It doesn't matter if you're doing that in any place. You're wandering around trying to make your own way. That's lost. And that's all of us. We are all lost. And we are unable, when you're not with the Lord, when you're not with the shepherd, you're unable to resist the snares of the enemy. You're unable to find your own way home. That's what he shows us in that parable. It's very simple. That lost lamb could not find his way back home. Neither can we. There's no way you can earn it. There's no way you can figure it out. There's no way you can do it on your own in your own strength. You're unable to free yourselves. We are unable to free ourselves from the briars, from the predators, from the parasites, the cliffs, the crags, the wilderness is full of. When on your own, you are unable to not fall into those traps. It doesn't say you're bad. You're just weak. Unable. Independence. Self-effort, self-fulfillment, self-gratification, selfish ambition is a mirage. It's a mirage. There's a desert and you're dying and you look up and you see a picture of what you think is water and relief. And when you get there, it's empty. It's not real. All of those self-effort things create mirages and none of them are real. It's only in Jesus that you can find salvation. There is no other. So it's, it's uh, I really like this when I, when I was praying about it. I, I heard this in my spirit. Self, self is unable to guarantee my future. Now we live in a world, and I know I'm okay with financial wisdom and all the things that are looking towards the future, but I want to tell you, by yourself, you cannot guarantee your future. It's unable. Unable to... Uh, and here's the first thing. What do you need to believe if you're lost? If you're one of those lost... Actually, we're all lost. What's the first thing we need to believe? What, what in our mind needs to change about that? First, I need to see myself as I truly am. And I'm telling you, it takes revelation. I recognize you recognize the areas that I'm trying to do it myself and only God can help me see that I can't see it on my own it all originates with our loving 
shepherds, right? So the first thing you have to do, you have to begin to see yourself as you are. I see myself. Have you seen yourself as desperately in need of being found by Jesus? <laughs> you know, uh, some of us are shy, especially us men. We're shy people, sort of. But um, I was laughing at Vicky's little girl and her son a little girl went back and got her son and tried to get him to come up here he was like he didn't want to come up here not I mean Jessica not Vicky I said Vicky Jessica's little girl but you know uh I'm desperate for being found you know I know I'm lost and if you know you're lost you know what you do I'm over here, Jesus. Jesus, I'm over here. You don't care who sees you. You want people to notice you. That's what lost people do. They burn a fire. They put up smoke. They shoot a flare. They move, you know. You're standing in the woods perfectly still. Things won't see you. But if you wave your arms, like if some of you guys that are, forget I said that, um, Something just, I just went in my mind seeing some big white bellies in the woods. It's like you can see it from far, a long way away. Um, I am in desperate, here's the first thing to get here. I have to get to the place where I am desperate in need of being found by the shepherd. And if I have to, I'll raise my hand. Don't care. If I have to, I'll cry and shed a tear. That's how desperate I am. That's pretty desperate, right? If I have to, I'll, I'll stand up and keep yelling until he finds me. You see, that's how we are. That's how we are. And that's the first step to being found is I have to believe I'm lost and I have to be willing to be found. Second thing is this. Um, I see myself as completely unable. Do you see yourself as this way? And I'm going to let you in a little secret. Uh, this is, begins the first time you give your life and depend upon the Lord, and it never stops in your life. Okay? Don't fall for that trick. The devil would like you to think, oh, I got saved. Hallelujah. Now I live in self-effort and independence the rest of my life. Don't fall for that trick because it never changes. I see myself as completely unable to make my way back to Him by any effort of my own. I see myself as completely unable to live in relations, live the life without Him. Yeah, but you've got wisdom and you've got experience and you know how to do things. Yeah, you don't get it. You either live life with Him or you die without Him. Now, you won't die but you won't have the life. You see, you've got to come to the place where you know all the time, I need him. I need the shepherd. I need, you know, those old sheep, these sheep right here, they're not going anywhere unless the shepherd takes them. Now those lambs, you know, the dumb ones, the teenagers without fully developed front lobes, <laughs> you know, that's any man in here under 26, so... It just happens that we're still developing. That's the ones who go off without the shepherd. If you're wise, don't go anywhere without the shepherd, even if you think you know everything or you know something. Um, okay, also, 
I see myself, I don't know if you can do that, and I can do this, and I think we're in progress. Do you see yourself as infinitely valuable to God that He really sees you that way? That He sees you that you're wanted, that you're valued, you're needed, that you have great worth beyond anything you and I could ever imagine. Do you see that God loves every single one of us that way? That He loves you that way? Nothing on earth can compare with how much He loves you. He'll never be happy without you. Because He told us, this is what makes me happy. He told me, Alan, you know what makes me happy? This does. When one person repents. And the thing is, we repent when we meet him. And our entire life is a continual journey of repentance as our minds are transformed to see and think and believe the way he does. And it never stops. And you know what's funny? And this is where I want to go on. A self-made man is like the pot of gold I forgot I had this on a slide. Y'all could have, I was reading it and y'all could have read it. This, I love this statement. I made this up. Y'all can quote me on it if you want to. It's not copyrighted. A self-made man is the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow that doesn't exist. It promises you everything. And when you get there, there's nothing. You see, I think most of our lives, we're taught to be self-made men. To stand up. To be strong. And look what, I love this parable, another parable Jesus told. It's funny, he said everything in parables, didn't he? Not everything, a lot. He said, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me in Luke 12. And Jesus said, a man who appointed me a judge, man, it's a question, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? And then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in abundance of possessions. And then he told them a parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? I've no place to store my crops. And then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you then who'll get what you've prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. He's, He's telling us a story. You can do everything self you can and it doesn't guarantee your future. The only thing that guarantees our future is Him. Just Jesus. He's, the, he's literally everything to us. And I want to tell you about repentance. So I'm going to stop here because I want, to, I, want to, I want this to be real more than just here, okay? Try to, I just bump my little Mikey thing. <clears throat> what is repentance? Thinking like God thinks. When God reveals something to you, you have, it all, you have the freedom 
to agree with him, to believe him, or to keep doing it your way. And we live a whole life of that. For a lot of us, it's hard to trust. It is, isn't it? It's hard to trust. It's easier for me to trust my own efforts and ability than to trust him. It's easier for me to trust my plans than it is to trust him. And so I don't involve him. And I do it myself. And he told us what happens, how that ends up. But this morning, I, I, there's something I was, that I know is really true. Y'all know as, as a church, we, we move in what we call the prophetic. And it probably has a different definition for us than anybody. Everybody in the world has their own definitions. But for us, it's when we pray for people, a lot of times the Lord will give us his ideas, his thoughts about the people. And uh, if you've been through prophetic training here at Grace, uh, you know that uh, God's thoughts are good. You know, if you look at, I love this verse. Here's what Jeremiah said, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you. That's the Lord, declares the Lord. Here's, this is, to, this is a word to every one of us. Plans to prosper you. God's got plans to prosper me? Yep. Plans and not to harm you. Isn't that opposite of what we hear about the Lord all the time? Plans to give you a hope and a future. God's plans for you are good. God's thoughts about you are good. And they're not just good, they're right. They're not. They're true. And when his thoughts come, the power for that to become real comes with it. When God gives you a thought, he gives you the power to walk it out. And that's what we call prophetic. So as a church, we believe that as we're praying for people, God often will open up, plant something inside of me that reveals something he wants to say to you. Because you're too hard-headed to hear it on your own. That was a joke, but not really. It was a joke. It's not really a joke. Maybe it's you're too hurt to hear it. Maybe you have so many voices going in your head that you can't even tell which one's God and which one's not. Maybe the Satan's trying to mess you up. I don't know, but often when we pray for each other, the Lord will put something in our hearts for one of our friends. And uh, I believe what Missy did to me with the butterfly vision was a word from the God that encouraged me. In my heart, it said, Alan, keep going and don't give up. He said, you get the environment right, and I'll produce the butterflies, the transformation in people's lives. I said, God, I'll, I'll do what you've given me. I'll keep the greenhouse. I'll keep it right. And you produce the butterflies. That did something in me. It was a prophetic word from the Lord to me. I believe God wants to give some people here this morning prophetic words. I think he wants some of us to give prophetic words. And I know this is a little chancy and we only have a few minutes. Yeah, we have a keyboard player. It'll make it easier. So if you guys would, if you'd stand up, it'd be easier. I want to make it easy on you. <clears throat> so uh, this will be a little different. We've got ministry teams we got ready, but I'm going to ask something different. If uh, you've been through... If you've been trained in, in the prophetic uh, here at Grace, and I think a lot of you have, would you guys, if you've been trained in the prophetic, 
I'm going to ask you, and then I'll point you out by hand if only one person comes. Uh, come up here on the front and line up beside Rick, facing that way. And I think there's several. Harvey, you've been trained. Yeah, I know. So if you've been trained in the prophet, I know pastors. Jesus, help me. We have quite a few. Yeah, Stephen, that would include you. Uh, don't make me call you out. No, I'm kidding. Vicky, you've never been trained? She has? Vicky, come. Lord Jesus. Marceline, are you taking names of everybody who's been rebellious? She's not. I'm kidding. Um, now, y'all don't know why they're down here. Now, we're going to pray. And if you would like to, or you think you, th you would like to go pray for somebody too, uh, come up, come down, anybody, come down here and just match up with one of these guys. Some of them are nicer than other ones. Just pick one. And uh, we, I believe God wants us to, he wants to give you, me and you, a chance to repent today. I was thankful to repent that day Missy gave me that word about the butterflies and the, the greenhouse. I repented that day and I believed what he was saying. And it blessed me. What God brings you is always for the good. It's always for the good. But I believe God wants to do that this morning. So I'm going to pray. Now, um, I really do believe this. I didn't give these guys much of a chance to say no. They could have said no and I wouldn't have. I might have embarrassed them. But yeah, I probably would have. <laughs> probably would have taught me. Okay. But if, you, if somebody, if one of these guys come up to pray for you and give you a word... If you don't want one, just shake your head. They won't argue with you. We honor you. You don't have to participate. That's what I'm trying to say. Or if you just want to leave, you can leave. But we're just going to take a minute to do this. So I'm going to ask them to, to speak to the Lord about what God would say to them. What, if there's any of you that he wants you to give a word to. And if you'd like to go with somebody up here and give words, just match up with one of them. They know what's happening because that's how they were trained. And uh, you just go with them and you give words too. It's just uh, be with one of these guys and you can do it. So let me pray. And y'all are already, these guys are already asking the Lord. So Father, we, uh, God, I just, I just ask, Lord, that this room would be full of repentance right now. That you would give us your perception, your thoughts, your truth. God, give, a, give each one of these guys up here in front courage and uh, give those of us who are going to get words courage, God. And uh, I just ask you to open our hearts to receive right now anything that, wants, that you want to bring into our lives. And God, I ask that you'd protect us from uh, saying anything that's not in your heart. So Jesus, would you just come now? So uh, I'm going to let these guys go. And y'all do. If you don't want a word, that's fine. Uh, we'll be dismissed and you can go or you can just say no. Shake your head. You don't even have to say anything, okay?